Hey, how are you doing? Welcome to Unrecognizable with Dean Dwyer. It's a show where I focus on what I believe to be the single greatest skill that you can learn how to master, which is how to turn bad behaviors into remarkable habits that transform your body, your business, and your life. And, you know, the way for you to think about this podcast is that I am basically building my life out loud. And I'm sharing with you uh, all the things that I have learned about building my version of a successful body and how I'm taking all of those concepts and I'm applying them to other areas that I have not yet mastered, you know, that where the solution has continued to elude me and I continue to fall flat on my face. But I'm taking all the same principles from my successful body protocol and I'm applying them to other areas of my life. So with that said, um, I mentioned this is this uh, in, in a previous episode that this is essentially it's a, an imperfect podcast, right? Right now, in order to commit to... Um, getting this done each and every week so that I show up not just for a few days or a few weeks, but for months and then years is that I'm eliminating all the friction. And there's a great lesson there when you're looking to change any other behaviors in your life, right? Is you want to eliminate the unnecessary and just sort of focus on the essentials that will allow you to begin to build some momentum. So that's what I'm doing here. So all the mistakes I make, they're staying in. I'm not taking them out. That's all part of, you know, again, it's the uh, imperfect podcast, you know, is for me, the perfect podcast is an imperfect podcast. So um, let me tell you what I want to talk about today. This is an ambitious, ambitious, apparently I don't know how to speak. It's an ambitious show. That still didn't sound right, but (laughs) I think you know what I meant. Um, So there's, I'm going to sort of give you a a basic outline of what I want to talk about today. So the title of the show, at least what it is now, I realized last week I told you the title of the show and then I changed it when I started doing the write-up. I came up with a better title. And you know what? That's okay. I'm allowed to make changes. Um, But the title of this show is The Mindset I Used – no, The Mindset I Created to Quit Sugar Permanently. That's the title of this show. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell my sugar story. Now, some of you have probably heard me tell, tell it before. Um, but it's important, right? Because uh, it has been a monumental shift that I've made in my life. It's an essential habit that I have adopted and I have committed to. Uh, and I want to tell you how that all came about. So I want to I demonstrate the thinking and the thought process that went into that. And then what I want to do is I want to take that story and I want to explain to you how I am now using the same principles to teach myself how to fast every single day for at least 16 hours. And I'm going to talk to you about where I'm presently at with that. I'm going to talk about, because uh, it is the it is the thing that I have struggled with the most on this journey, is I have had intermittent success with fasting, but I, I have not yet cracked the code to be able to do it the way I do with sugar, right? Refined sugars. So I'll share that. And then at the end, I'm going to tie it back in terms of of what's in it for you. Oh, and one other thing I'm going to talk about, which I talked about on the previous show, which you can get now on this archive, if you go down to the mindset show, I have talked about my mindset model. I'm also going to, that's an important part of behavior change for me. And I'm going to share with you what that is and how I use it to uh, permanently 
or first of all, to teach myself uh, to overcome bad behaviors and turn them into remarkable habits that ultimately lead to, you know, extraordinary results in my life. All right. So uh, you are now going to hear me turn the page of my sticky note points. And let me let me start by sort of uh, telling you sort of my my sugar story. Right. So uh, to sort of tell this correctly, I will I will start with the first time Actually, sorry, I'm going, to, I'm going to start with something I hadn't planned to talk about, which is, first and foremost, here's what I want to say. A lot of people, when they hear that I have taken sugar out of my life, like permanently, um, are under the, uh, misunderstand exactly the evolution of how that happened. And, and I guess they misunderstand because I don't tell the story correctly, right? I just say, hey, I took sugar out of my life. And so people naturally conclude that I went from being this, you know, sugar monster to this guy that just one day said, okay, no more sugar. But that's actually not really true. That this, really, this has been an evolution of 20 plus years, right? Uh, and, and not something that was intentional on my part. But I remember, and again, I'm going to say this was maybe 20 years ago. Um, what, at some point, I started drinking coffee in my, in my mid-20s. And when I drank coffee, I put at least two tablespoons of sugar in it and you know, just a ton of milk and cream. And then at some point, I was like, you know what? I want to take sugar out of my coffee that I just didn't see that as a good thing. And so I taught myself, I kind of weaned myself off sugar. And then I taught myself how to drink it just with cream. And then at some point, I'm like, I want to take cream out of my coffee. And I taught myself how to drink it black. And that's how I've been drinking my coffee black now for who knows how many years. But that's how I drink my coffee now. And I really enjoy it black, right? I've acquired a taste for it just like you'd acquire a taste for wine and alcohol and anything else. So, um, sorry, I just realized that I did not check the battery life on my phone to make sure I got enough juice to get through this episode, but I do. So mental note to me for my process next time is make sure that I, I do, uh, I have to check the battery life before I get started. So I said, this has been a, you know, this has been a work in progress for me, but at some point on this journey, and then, you know, I, I, I think the next, and I'm sort of speculating now what was next on my journey, because it wasn't a conscious um, thing at the time for me to take, you know, refined sugars out of my diet completely. I didn't even think it was possible, uh, to be honest. But then I think I started taking it out of my cereal. So I was buying box cereals, which I don't buy anymore, because they all have all kinds of sweeteners and stuff in them. But I was trying to make better choices, right? So I moved away from Fruit Loops to something, you know, that was a, a slightly better, you know, it was less destructive than Fruit Loops was, right? So it, this has been going on for a while. But at, at, at some point in 2018, uh, actually, I'll tell you exactly what some point was. It was January 1st, 2018. And it, it was just coincidental that it happened to be New Year's Day. But I did, just popped into my head. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take sugar out of my diet for a year. Now, keep in mind, not keep in mind, but I will sort of also tell you, I'm very much an all or nothing kind of guy. When I, de- when I decide I'm going to do something, um, I will just kind of go all in. And there's, there's pros and cons to that. But, but it just popped into my head and I thought, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go a year without having refined sugars. Now, when I decided to do this, I had no master plan. I do remember thinking at the time, I thought, I'm not... I don't expect now. I was probably I don't know. I was probably one ninety five, so I was probably about uh, you know thirty five pounds heavier than I was supposed to be. And 
Um, I had no master plan, but I do remember vaguely thinking, like, I don't expect that I'm going to lose 35 pounds by taking sugar to my diet, but I should see a noticeable difference at the end of the year. And I went 361 days. On December 27th, I was at my father's place. And I think I woke up at night and I ate cookies that were in the freezer, which, by the way, frozen food is not a problem for me. (laughs) If I want to abuse food, I don't care if you put it in the freezer. You can throw it in the garbage. If I want to eat it, I'm going to find a way to eat it. And um, so, (laughs) sorry, I'm laughing at the garbage comment. I I have thrown food away that I have since pulled out of the garbage and eaten. So, of course, it's protected somehow so I can, you know, I can rationalize eating it. But... Uh, I have been a dumpster eater at times. So there you go. Something you probably didn't want to know about me, but that had, that is part of my past. And I own it. I, I, I will gladly take ownership of it. Um, anyway, I did, I did end up having the cookies. And then, of course, the wheels fell off. And for about uh, eight months after that, or maybe seven months after that, it was, you know, I was back on the sugar train. And, you know, again, just all sorts of awful eating habits that arise when you when you fall off the wagon. But one of the things that I re, I recall and I think the reason that I ended up having sugar was that um there I there was no noticeable difference. Everything else in my life remained constant. Uh, I was still doing all the other things I was doing. It was just no refined sugars. And uh there was no noticeable difference in what was going on. And I didn't have the foresight at that point in time, or the discipline in my thinking, or even just the general discipline, to really be able to reflect on that and pull the lessons out. I had to kind of go back, sort of revisionist history, I had to go back and take a look at it, and sort of, and pull the lessons out, you know, in hindsight. But, you know, um, what I've ultimately concluded for me, for sugar, is that I think if you have a lot of weight to lose, um, taking sugar out of your diet initially is going to have a dramatic impact. But I think as you get closer to your ideal body weight, um, sugar is not going to be the thing that sort of puts you over the edge. It's, it, again, it doesn't mean you go back to eating refined sugars, but, uh, the, but that in and of itself is not going to be the holy grail that's going to get you to where you want to go. So when I, so I, I had seven months where, again, I was eating like a, like a dog, you know, I said when I in the past, like like everything for me is like is one, right? If you give me a bag of something, that's one thing. I'll eat the whole thing. You know, I would just plow through it, um, you know, until it's gone. You know, I would buy a jar. I think I've explained this before, but uh, I would buy a jar of almond butter, like 500, you know, milliliters. And in 24 hours, it was gone. And like almond butter is like like a million calories. But, you know, I had this 24 hour mindset is like. You know, it was kind of like, you know, okay, I've already inflicted damage on myself. Let's just, let's, let's just completely, you know, bombard myself with it. And then I can, then I can start the recovery process, which is a terrible way to, <laughs> to go through life in general, but any sort of behavior change. So when July 19th, 2019 was my turning point on this journey was when I had sort of done a whole bunch of reflection on all my past failures and I sat down and I started sort of putting together uh, a list of essential habits that I believed was going to allow me to finally get and maintain the results I want 
And one of those things was I wanted to take refined sugars out of my diet. So the first conclusion that I came to was that um, was that I taking it out uh, for weight loss was really actually not a a good mindset for me to use because I said to what I what I alluded to earlier. So I thought before I do all this, I need to think differently about this. So. With that said, let me transition, and then I'll come back to tell the rest of this of this this sugar story. Um, let me tell you my mindset model, right? This is how I approach behavior change, and I think this is what makes me unique. Is that what most of us try to do is we try to do our way out of a thinking problem, right? And and what first got me thinking about this was a quote that I had seen from Einstein, and I'm gonna. Loosely paraphrase it here, but it's pretty close to what he said. Um, And I probably saw it, I don't know, I might have saw it 20 years ago. And I remember at the time, I knew it was profound, but I didn't know what it meant. Like I understood the words, but I didn't actually know what it meant or how I could use it. But what Einstein said was that you cannot solve a problem with the same level of thinking that created it. And I, I knew it was profound, but I'm like, I don't know what that means. Like how do I... How do I use it? And and so for years I would be that guy that, you know, would would, you know, post that quote, but not actually know how to act on it. And then a couple of years ago, I I hit on something where I thought, you know, what Einstein is really saying, and I, I sort of denicized it, right? I took his idea and I built off it. But essentially what Einstein was saying was that you cannot solve a problem with the same mindset that created it. And for me, that was a game-changing mindset for me. You know, what I what I now call my Einstein mindset, right? Was that at the heart of every persistent problem that we have, first and foremost is that we have a false belief. We're thinking about it incorrectly. We have a faulty mindset. And you cannot create long-term behavior change by using the same mindset that you presently have. And this is what I believe explains why people lose weight and put it back on again. The reason that people lose weight and put it back on again is they never address that, what, I call, what I talked about last week, the primary mindset, the big domino mindset. They never address that. They never, they never sort of think about like, how do I actually think about this? So they don't address that false belief that they have. And so what they use is force. Right. And this is where, you know, it's that boot camp mentality. They do these seven, 14, 30 day, you know, boot camp thingies, uh, thinking that they're going to force their way into behavior change. And you know what? It works for the seven, 14, 30 days if you can actually get through it. Most people can't. But even if you get through it, it, it does work. Force does work short term. The problem with force is not sustainable long term. And the reason it's not sustainable is because it burns you out. So if you want to avoid burnout, you have to understand that the reason you struggle in any area of your life is because you have a mindset issue. You have a false belief either about yourself or about the behavior that you're looking to change. And until you figure out what that is and you you acknowledge the fact that, yes, the reason I struggle, the reason I go from one bad relationship to another is I have a false belief of what I believe love is or or who I believe, you know, deserves to love me or what, you know, again, relationships, body, business, you know, if you're struggling with your money, 
you have a false belief around money that people who make money uh, don't have, right? And so until you recognize that your most persistent problems in your life are first and foremost are mindset issues. So um, in order to create long-term change, uh, here's the very simple model. Think of it as three concentric circles. The inner circle is mindset. First and foremost is you have to have a fundamental shift in the fabric of the thoughts that you're having, right? So you have to have a new way of thinking about something. Um, And then when you have a new way of thinking about something, automatically, when you buy into that new way of thinking, your behaviors will change. You don't even have to consciously do anything. Your behaviors will automatically change. Every behavior that we now do is, is whether we realize it or not, there's a thought that triggers it. And just because we're not aware of the thought doesn't mean it happens. It doesn't happen. It happens. We're just, it happens so quickly, we don't even know it's happening, right? But it leads to a behavior, and then every behavior leads to an outcome. So if you want to create long-lasting, successful behavior change, first and foremost, you have to address the underlying mindset. If you don't, you're using force. Force is successful long-term, but it will burn you out, and you will ultimately go back to where you once were, which is, again, what I said earlier. That's why people put all the weight back on again. They never address the mindset. They still think the same way that they think. So um, let, me, let me come back to my sugar story. So with this model in my rolling around in my head, I'm like, okay, I need to think about sugar differently. Now, the first time I approached it, my mindset was sugar will help me lose weight. And I thought, okay, I, there is an element to that that is true, but that's not my, that is not my big domino mindset. I've already established that. So I thought, what? I need to come up with a better mindset. So the mindset I landed on, uh, the second mindset that I landed on, was that uh, sugar is the root cause of, of cancers, contagions, and other fatal conditions. Do you love the alliteration there? I do. I love alliteration, by the way. Uh, so that was, that's what I landed on. And... Um, and I truly, I absolutely believe this. I knew this even when I was fat. I knew this. I knew that this was true, but I just didn't have the skills to be able to take it out. But I knew that this was true. Um, and, and again, there's science out there. This, I'm not, you know, I, I'm not trying to convince you that my man, mindset's right. I'm just telling you how I think about this. And then you get to sit back and use your intellect to decide what you feel is valuable and what you feel is not valuable. And the only thing that I ask is be open-minded to your assumptions. Don't dismiss them just because this is the way you've always thought. This is why you struggle in the area that you do. You're not willing to test your own assumptions. What if I'm wrong? What if my thinking is wrong? That's how I am now approaching a lot of this stuff. Most of this stuff. All of this stuff. I have to assume that my, my assumptions are wrong. Anyway, sorry. That's a, that's a quick aside. So, um, so that was my mindset. But that even that I found, and I truly believe that, but I found that's not my big domino mindset either. Um, and because I, I felt like I was because I was struggling with uh, it was a lot of work. There was a lot of resistance to taking sugar out of my diet. And something else that I have discovered is that you can't change a behavior that you don't want to change. Now I know that probably sounds nonsensical, but what I mean is a lot of people. Well, well, for example, uh, we'll take sugar out of their diet. And, and, but they're not taking it because they want to. They're taking it out because they have to, right? Uh, Dean said I have to take sugar out, so I'm going to take it out. Uh, I don't know who sounds like that, by the way. But uh, trying to pretend it's not me. 
But again, like we, we, a lot of times we adopt behaviors because someone else, society, science, whatever, has said, this is what you must do. That's not, again, that's not a sustainable approach to behavior change uh, because you don't want to do it. You feel you have to, right? You have to figure out a way to fall in love with a behavior. Just like I have, you know, what I'm kind of leading up to here is how I fell in love with taking sugar to my diet, right? So that, that mindset in and of itself wasn't enough. And I was reading a book by Susan Pierce Thompson called Bright Line Eating. I've referenced it before. And she mentioned things that I'd seen before, but I, I was at a point where I was starting to think differently about things. But she had the thing where, you know, sh- how sugar and cocaine have the same, you know, light up the same areas of the brain, it has the same impact on the brain. But she said something else that led me to this, this new way of thinking. She talked about the fact that, and I'm going to paraphrase this because I dumbed it down for me, right? Was that essentially what she, what she was talking about was that what refined sugars do is they, it basically puts your brain in a straitjacket. It prevents your brain from doing what it's supposed to do. Like we, our natural state, we're supposed to be lean and active. But all the additives and garbage that's put into uh, manufactured foods today actually prevents the brain from doing its job. And when I started thinking about that, I was like, I started thinking, you know, actually, maybe a, a way for me to start thinking about this is that sugar is the ult- sorry, taking sugar out of my diet is the ultimate productivity hack. If I take it out, then what I'm doing is I'm optimizing my brain function. I am allowing my brain to do what it is designed to do. And if I do that, then I don't have to do nearly as much in all the other areas of my life to get the results that I want. And that was my big domino mindset. That changed the game for me. And and my my second theory about the fact that I could do much less also worked because the, the other sort of attachment to that was that most of us exercise to make up for our eating mistakes, right? We eat terribly and then we think that we can exercise our way out of an eating problem. FYI, you cannot, but people falsely believe that they can. And I thought, again, my exercise is I'm not making up for mistakes. When my eating is on point, then my brain is working exactly the way it should work. I can do 10 minutes of exercise a day and I can get really good results with that. So I don't have to do what everyone else is doing. I don't have to join a gym. I don't have to do like these 45 minute, one hour. I don't have to do any of that to get the results that I want. And so that was my big domino mindset by taking sugar out of my diet, refined sugars out of my diet would be the greatest productivity hack that I could ever invest in. Game changing for me. And that mindset has allowed me, so today is day 866 of happily, joyfully taking refined sugars out of my diet. Now, I will preface this by saying that some people, this frightens them when they think like, (laughs) I always, I've seen people actually write this where they say, I cannot imagine not having sugar in my life, which (laughs) Which always makes me laugh because it's like I have yet to hear a story of somebody lying on their on their deathbed surrounded by their favorite desserts. It's like, no, no, I don't care about the people. Just, you know, put my favorite desserts around me. Nobody cares. Nobody thinks that way. And yet 
we we give sugar these attributes that's like, oh my god, I can't live without sugar. It's like, <laughs> really, really, you can't live without sugar. I bet that you can. But again, we have to change the way that we think about it. So the ultimate, you know, big domino mindset for me that that was game changing. So let me now tie this into how I'm trying to use this thinking in another area of my life that I have been profoundly struggling with, which is fasting, uh, which is another one of my 10 essential habits that I do, right? So having no refined sugar is one of my essential habits that, and again, that I show up every day. The goal is no refined sugars, 866 days in a row now I've done that, happily done that. But fasting, on the other hand, has been an absolute gong show. So I'm going to talk to you about uh, how I want to take the thinking in that area and I want to apply it to this particular area so that you can see where I'm currently at. But I also want you to know that the illusion for a lot of people that you know successfully do anything is that once they've figured it all out, they never struggle. And it's like... It's like the struggles are just different struggles, but there's all sorts of challenges that come with success, right? You know, you, the, from being overconfident and thinking like, ah, I've got this all figured out. I've made that mistake before. And then, you know, as soon as I start thinking that way, the wheels fall off. And, you know, it's intellectual humility where I have to, you know, again, thinking, ah, I've got this all figured out. It's like, oh, my God, dude, you've nothing figured out. You know, you're scratching the surface. Like I am my own paradox. And by reminding myself of that, that I'm this complete weirdo and I have to, you know, I'm going to spend the rest of my life trying to figure out how to be less weird uh, in, in a, in, you know, sorry, there's nothing wrong with being a weirdo because uh, I quite enjoy that. But, you know, sort of the weirdness that prevents me from having the success that I have. So let me, uh, let me tell you my fasting story. I have... I started it right away and and I wasn't tracking it initially. Initially, I wasn't keeping score um, with my fasting. Or I, sorry, I was keeping score and I have been keeping score right from the very beginning. I have a scorecard for success, right? Which has evolved into 10 essential habits. And, but I wasn't really, um, uh, I, I, well, sorry, let me, let me tell you what my problem is with fasting is I don't have a problem. I eat three meals a day. I don't have any problem eating my three meals and not eating when I know I shouldn't be eating. I have no problem with that at all. In fact, I'm on point with that 99.9% of the time. My challenge happens when I go to bed. Try to get to bed about 11 o'clock. But sometime between 12 a.m. and 3 a.m., I will wake up and I will eat. Now, I've convinced myself that eating helps with my restless legs. And I'm not going to talk about restless legs today. I mentioned it on the last podcast. I am going to do a podcast about how I think about this little bugaboo that I currently have and how I'm, I will bring restless leg syndrome to its knees. I will defeat it, but that's another podcast. Uh, but I've convinced myself that if I eat, that it, it helps with the whole restless leg thing. No, there's no proof to that at all. Uh, it's coincidental if I do fall asleep because I eventually fall asleep at some point anyway during the night. But that's the mindset that I've had around it. And so uh, when I wake up and I'm not thinking, you know, when my, my, my wits are dimmed, my wits are dimmed? Yeah, okay. When I'm acting like a dimwit, I, uh, you know, and I'm not consciously thinking before I know it, I'm standing, you know, in front of the fridge and, you know, Something ends up in a bowl and suddenly it's in my mouth, right? So 
Um, so I've had intermittent success uh, with my fasting. And I've had, when I thought I had it all figured out, I went 152 days in a row uh, of fasting for at least 16 hours a day. And the wheels fell off the weekend that I had to put my uh, lovely little kitty cat down of 20 years. I went to a friend's cottage, woke up in the middle of the night, had something to eat. And so since then, so that was back in at the end of February of uh, 2021. So as of this podcast, we're now into December of 2021. So uh, let's say 10 months. Oh, it's nine months. Nine months, I would say, I could actually give you an exact number because I track my fasting every single day in a spreadsheet. And on the days that I don't fast 16 hours, I highlight it in orange. So it, it stands out for me when, you know, the essential habits that I did not adhere to. Uh, so I could give you an exact number, but um, just for argument's sake, I'll say that at best I'm 50-50, right? Where uh, I go on a, on a fasting streak, uh, streak and then I, I go on a, a eating at night streak. So I'm 50-50 at best. So what I realize is that I have a mindset issue, right? So again, it goes back to my mindset model. If I want to create, create long-lasting behavior change, I have to figure out what the big domino mindset is. Now, I already know my false belief that I have. The false belief is that if I eat at night, it's, it, it helps me sleep. It doesn't, but I falsely believe that. And so I know when I'm not thinking, if I'm not cognizant of that when I wake up, that false mindset creeps in. And again, before you know it, you know, food is being shoved into my, my mouth. So it's like, again, recognizing it's like, okay, I'm not, I have not yet settled on what my big domino mindset is. Now, a big domino mindset is individual. It's personal. It's different for everybody. So what I want to present to you is when you have a behavior you're struggling with, and it's either a behavior that you're looking to eliminate or a behavior you're looking to adopt. In this case, so when it was sugar, I was looking to eliminate refined sugars. So what I needed to do was to build a case for myself against sugar, right? So I started doing research on all the reasons I should take it out, right? And that by building this sort of massive database of all the reasons I should take it out, that I ultimately found, you know, I ultimately landed on my big domino mindset. I'm now doing the same thing with uh, fasting is I'm building because I, I haven't done this uh, in 863 days is I haven't built a case for fasting. I just sort of keep like, you know, thinking that I can power my way through this, but I can't and my results show that I can't. So I have a mindset problem. So um, building a case for me is just going through and reading articles on fasting and pulling out all the benefits. And I don't even need, I don't even need the scientific proof. You know, a lot of people are like, well, what does the science say? I just need to know, for me, it just has to make sense intellectually to adopt an idea. So I'm going to tell you, I, I started brainstorming a master list of um, benefits of fasting. And I landed on something that I think the, the, my my thought is right now, I'm going to experiment with this, that this could be my big domino mindset. Initially, when I was doing fasting, it was for weight loss. And again, I've already said earlier, I've established that weight loss in and of itself is not, for me at least, is not a motivating factor, right? That I, I, I definitely want that. I'm not saying that you, that, you know, again, taking the sugar out helps with that. Um, doing the fasting helps with that. But that is not my prime, that primary mindset does not motivate me. I'm not sure it motivates most people. 
Um, so there has to be something else at play. So as I was going through, in fact, I've been doing some research on restless leg syndrome. And I came across a guy who's actually solved the problem. So he had it for, I think, 23 years, and he's eliminated it. And his theory is that restless leg syndrome is a symptom. And it's a symptom of inflammation of the body. And that if you work at eliminating inflammation, that you can eliminate, um, with proper management, you can eliminate restless leg syndrome. I really like, like that theory makes sense to me because I've read in the past that inflammation, that the inflammation has a big impact on a lot of the diseases that we suffer from and illnesses that we suffer from are all sort of inflammation based. So what I started doing the other day was I thought, what if I start thinking about fasting from the standpoint that it's going to help me eliminate inflammation and that inflammation will um there's tremendous again if i am if i eliminate if i can eliminate um inflammation that it has a compounding effect again it's sort of like it's like the ultimate hack if i focus on that there's a whole bunch of other benefits that I get from it. So I just started researching different articles. So here are things. Um, I'm just going to read off the list that I, I wrote in my journal. And hopefully I can read my writing. Uh, of some things that are um, the root causes inflammation. Arthritis, cancer, heart disease, diabetes, um, asthma and allergies, weight gain, skin rashes like uh, psoriasis, acne, uh, eczema. I think I pronounced that right. Um, autoimmune conditions, obviously sabotages your sleep, uh, damages, oh, damages your gums, couldn't read my own writing there, uh, makes uh, weight loss difficult, insulin resistance, damages bone growth, um, I wrote down for me, could also be the root cause of, of restless leg syndrome, uh, body pain, fatigue, depression, and anxiety, uh, gastrointestinal disorders, uh, persistent infections, headaches and migraines, uh, fatty, uh, fatty liver disease, stroke, heart disease, high blood pressure. So like, I think there are 20, I'm going to guess, uh, maybe there are 22 items there right now, but I thought, okay, so let's just say, and I don't need to, I, I, I don't have to scientifically prove all those things, but let's just say that the theory is right. Let's just say that inflammation is the root cause of a lot of things we suffer from. Then to me, I said, this is something where it's like, if I just, if I focus there are a lot there is scientific evidence to show that fasting reduces inflammation and i i i believe that i i i've had results again like like weight gain is also inflammation of the body right it, it, weight gain is a symptom right it, it's it's your body saying listen whatever you're doing is causing severe inflammation and and it's you know causing you to overeat and blah 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 so i that to me is an acceptable like i i i that makes sense to me so I thought, well, what if my mindset is I'm going to fast to eliminate inflammation? And by doing that, I am proactively essentially being my own healthcare system. If the theory is right, that I will, I'm proactively skewing the odds of my success of not suffering, you know, from not getting cancer and heart disease and all these other things, the fatigue, the depression, the anxiety, that, that it, it's, it's sort of, it hits a whole bunch of things at once. So that's how I'm approaching this right now. So, 
You know, I mentioned last week, again, the idea that first and foremost, you have to decide on an essential habit. So my essential habit is going to be fasting for 16 plus hours. The next part of this, once you establish your why, is you have to think different, right? I have to have a different thought because if I think differently, I will, I, I will automatically start behaving differently. And when I behave differently, the results that I produce will be different. So, so right now, I'm three, uh, I've gone three days in a row um, fasting 16 plus hours. I have done this journey long enough to know because I already have 152 days. You know, this idea that like uh, 30 days or 60 days or whatever it is, they say 21 days to build a habit. You know what? You build a habit in a moment. The moment you decide you're going to commit to it is when you can start building a habit. And the moment you decide you're not going to do it is when it ends. It doesn't matter how long you've been doing it. Right. And so for me, I realize now, like, like, don't think you got this all figured out. This is a 24-hour goal. My goal is to fast for 16 hours today, which, by the way, as I'm recording this podcast, I'm now past my 16-hour fast. So I will be eating shortly after this podcast is over. Um, but that's the way that I am now going to be thinking about this. And I said 24-hour goal with my fasting is let's get through today, check it off as success, and then uh, the whole thing starts again tomorrow. And my first goal just like with this podcast, my first goal with the podcast of coming back with a regular podcast, get the first episode out. My next goal, get episode number two out. My next goal after that is this episode, get number three out. Let's start building momentum. Don't, you know, every, every, every day I'm going to learn something a little bit different that is going to help me uh, move forward and be successful. And if I fall off the wagon, it's a 24-hour goal. I wipe the slate clean and I get, I get started you know, right back on track again. But I really want to steal a, a mindset from Jerry Seinfeld, which uh, he talked about uh, what he calls don't break the chain. When he was a, an aspiring comedian, his goal was to write jokes every single day. He had to write at least one joke every single day. And the goal was not to break the chain, right? Is just, you know, and you just put an X through the calendar. I want to take the same approach with this. I don't want to break the chain, right? I want to start compounding days into weeks. I then want to compound weeks into months. And then I want to turn months into years and decades so that at some point I will be talking about fasting just like I'm talking about sugar. All right. So uh, what is in this for you? What are your takeaways? Let me, I'm going to take a look at my notes here for a second. So the first thing that um, I want to tell you is, is first and foremost is take everything I say with a grain of salt. Pull anything out of this podcast that you think is useful and disregard everything else that you think is useless, right? Just chalk it up to, you know, lunatic Canadian rambling on about his ideas about behavior change. I will ask you to be open-minded to this and to, and to exercise intellectual humility. Don't think you've got this all figured out because you don't. If you're struggling, you don't have this figured out and you have to be open to the idea of like, I don't know what I'm doing. And clearly, whatever way I'm thinking about this, it isn't working for me because I'm not getting results, right? So that's the first thing is that be open to the fact that you have a mindset problem. And, and the first step is to try and figure out what your false belief is. By the way, that could take – a false belief could take – I said this last podcast – could take you days to figure it out. Uh, it could take weeks and, and, and in some cases months or years because like, it's so – nuanced but you start with your basic theory and then you're going to work to 
refine it to get it to the point where it, it's it you have identified exactly what it is. And then number two is you got to figure you got to build a case for or against whatever it is that you want to whatever it is you want to do. Right? If you want to adopt fasting, then you want to start doing research to build a case for. And it's through that data that you're going to land on a mindset that works specifically for you. And it's different for everybody else. My, what I'm not saying here is, hey, take my sugar mindset and apply it to your life. Well, no, you can't do that. Now, if you want to steal it and it works for you, steal away, my friend, steal away. But you've got to, you've got to make it individual to you. Like, you know, this is all about sort of creating something that fits into your philosophy, your lifestyle, your belief system, right? So you got to make it unique. And then um, the last thing is, yeah, that you, you start building a case for yourself so that you can ultimately land on what is going to be your big domino mindset. And the big domino mindset is that mindset that once you figure out what it is, it knocks over all the other dominoes and it becomes effortless for you, which is you joyfully do it. I said the sugar thing for me, I can be in the room with people now. Like when I first started this, it was a real challenge. Like, you know, like going Thanksgiving. Oh my God, how do I not have whatever pumpkin related desserts are going to be, um, you know, paraded my way? And, you know, I had to, initially, I had to do a lot of work to think about what my reaction is going to be. I, I don't even, now, it, I don't even look at it. Like it's not, it's not something I, I think about anymore. You know, I can, you can surround me with those things. And I'm like, yeah, that's okay. I, 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 I happily um, don't have it anymore, and I'm very clear on why I don't have it and the benefits that I get from that. That is your goal with this. And you can apply this in any area of your life where you're struggling, right? If you're struggling with your relationships, you have a false belief, either about yourself or about that particular um, you know, thing that you are looking to change, right? If you're, ha- if you're struggling with money uh, or building a business online, and then you have a false belief, either about yourself or about that particular skill you're looking to change and you got to first address that adopt a new mindset when you adopt a new mindset you will you will automatically adopt new behaviors and new behaviors lead to new more empowering outcomes all right my friend that is it for episode number three um i will ask you one favor share this if you think that there's value in this i i want to get this out to people this by the way is part of my evolution um with my content is that um, I am uh, I, I have a, a humility of with my ideas, which is I'm afraid to ask people to <clears throat> um, share, right? But I have evolved to the point now where it's like, no, you know, like there's value in this. I'm not saying it's it's going to be valuable for everybody, but there are people that need to hear this thinking, and it's going to open up opportunities for them that have never been present to them before. So um, if you've got you know, if if you think that there's value in this, I, please share it. I would be forever in your debt. And um, that is it, my friend. Have a great rest of your day. And I will see you on the next podcast.